This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. What's going on, everybody? Let's talk about our favorite sleepers for the 2021 season. Obviously, going to be some young players on there, some young quarterbacks that you want to stash on your bench, and a lot more to get to as well. Today's episode is sponsored by Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Stay tuned for additional details about Sonos Arc later in today's show. I'm going to tell you how amazing Sonos Arc is. All right, what's up, Jamie and Heath? Sleepers. Hey, what's a sleeper? What's a sleeper? Uh, somebody being drafted after pick 100. Who is going to perform better than where they are being drafted? No, no, just guys who draft after pick 100. That would be good. <laughs> just any random person. Any random player. Remember my sleepers versus breakouts thing? No. No. Okay. Sleepers win you weeks. Breakouts win you leagues. Bam. Yeah. Um that, <laughs> that's fine. It's I, I get really tired debating what a sleeper and what a breakout is, and even what a bust is. Like it's it's whatever we want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's basically Good draft value. I feel like we have lower expectations for the guys on our sleepers list than our breakouts list, right? For I mean, sure. That's, that's... The problem is also like you could be talking to somebody in a 10-team league versus a 12-team league. You could be talking to somebody who's never played fantasy before who's played for 100 years. You know, it's just we don't know. Somebody that's been playing forever and has been studying this since January, a yeah. breakout is is not going to surprise them unless you're talking about somebody that's probably after pick 100. So what is it, what exactly is in your mouth? Is it like a sucking candy, a throat drop or something? Yeah, because um, I'm running from show to show, and so my voice is going. <laughs> like Schrager. Right. I thought I could finish it before we started, but I apologize. <laughs> that is quite all right. All right, so the first question I have for you is actually an unusual one. Usually I ask you for your favorite sleeper, but I want to know, is there a sleeper that you either had on a previous list or you currently have as a sleeper but you're concerned about or someone you had to remove uh, maybe a, a sleeper whose stock is trending downward right now. Heath, who would you say if there is one? No, nope, you have to go Jamie first because you asked him what was, what was in his mouth and it made me cough. <laughs> okay, Jamie. <laughs> uh, Jamie Elijah Moore. You know, I don't like the fact that he's hurt. And, you know, he's uh, he's hard to justify drafting where I have him ranked right now, which is in the uh, early 40s, um, especially coming off the first preseason game when Corey Davis has – quietly been doing enough things in training camp and practice. He hasn't had the wow stuff that Elijah Moore's had. But, you know, I, I, I think you just look at these two guys plus whatever they get out of Jameson Crowder slash Denzel Mims. Um, but these two guys should be the leaders of this receiving core. And I still like Elijah Moore a lot. Maybe the injury drops him down uh, a, a few spots, a few rounds. But... Uh, I'm concerned that he's got this quad injury that I thought was going to be day-to-day and he'd be back at practice, but the fact that he's going to miss practice this week in the second preseason game is discouraging. Yeah, yeah, right in that same range, uh, Mikkel Hardman for me. Um, I, I, the lights come on and he gets to play one series with Patrick Mahomes and he has like a three-yard pass and he basically tries to shovel it to the defender. 
Uh, it was it was an awful effort. And I just I worry because this is not the first year that we've heard about how great Michael Hardman's doing at practice or how he's due for a bigger role. So I have some concern that it won't materialize. And so I may I may pull back on my ranking of him in that same range as Elijah Moore, but I do still think that there's a lot of upside. He's just got to turn it into production. So who would you guys rather have, Hardman or Moore? More, for, more. I've always had more ahead, so I'm not changing that. Oh, sorry. Okay, Jamie's still going with more. I, I will go with uh, Michael. Okay, now I just want to take a quick break from this to talk about the Podcast League. If you have a creative entry for the Podcast League, you just heard the scary music I played. I refuse to use it for Miko Hardman. But uh, if you have a creative entry, if for the because somebody else, did. why do you discriminate with people with the last name M-A-N? <laughs> yeah, so listen, because somebody else did it for me, as you'll see. Um, send us an email, fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. Our podcast league, we are drafting August 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern. August 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern. If you want to be in the league, if you can make that time, send us an email, fantasyfootball@cbsi, the letter I.com. Put podcast league in the subject line. If you want to be creative, please do. We encourage it. That's how we get stuff like this. When a touchdown's there to be vultured, yeah. Who you gonna call? Wayne Gallman. When Wentz goes deep and a catch is made. Who you gonna find? Michael Pittman. When the candle's lit and the wine is poured. Who you gonna call? Nicole Hartman. <laughs> I'm afraid of Nicole. I am. Hartman. <laughs> I'm afraid of Nicole. Yeah, so there you go. Thank you very much to Jordan Chong. Strong entry under consideration. Finalist for the podcast league. We'll see if you get in. So send us anything you want. Okay, uh, Miami is going to continue to use three running backs, according to Brian Flores. What do you guys think about this? Jamie, get the first word since I know you were high on Gaskin and you're obviously a little disappointed. We did talk about it on Monday's show, but then we got this quote from, from Flores talking about how he was going to use all three guys. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. You know, I, I still think Gaskin is the best. Uh, as we talked about on multiple platforms, we saw this last year with the Dolphins. Not that we expected Gaskin to be the best, but uh, he had to wait until Jordan Howard proved to be ineffective. And I think Malcolm Brown will prove to be ineffective if he's in the lead role. But he's going to play. Savon Akba is going to play. Gaskin is not going to be the lead guy to the extent that he was last year. And so it's hard to justify drafting him uh in round four it's probably hard to justify drafting him in round five he's probably closer to a round six pick there's been um this has happened with josh jacobs with miles sanders it happened with david montgomery and then he bounced back up these guys fall from the mid-range running back two discussion or the 20 discussion and and for me every time I, i get to that travis Etienne, kareem hunt group and i have a hard time dropping them past those guys because those guys are part-time running backs as well. And I think there's a better possibility without an injury that Gaskin gets back to that 18 touches a game than Hunter Etienne. So I, I'll still take him before those guys, but he's pretty much dropped. I, I struggle between him and Mike Davis. Um, those are kind of the last two guys that I feel good about as my number two running backs. I think at this point you got to put Davis at him, you know, and... Uh, it's probably Sanders and Jacobs that are the the ones that people will struggle with, just given the 
concerns that you may or may not have. I know Heath, you don't have the same concerns about Josh Jacobs, but um, you know he's going to be in a timeshare on a team that's not going to be very good. Dolphins, at least you know they're going to be good, or at least have the ex- a- the ability to be good based on what we've seen from them a year ago and their roster. So it's uh it, it's just troubling, you know, because he looked like one of the guys that could maybe escape that group, and now it doesn't seem like he's necessarily going to. He still could, but you just have to dial back expectations. So does that mean that Jamie, you would take Mike Davis ahead of Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders? Um, I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there with with Sanders dropping the ball by the minute uh, in practice. Um, Davis, you know, I he I, I don't I hate that whole group. Yeah, right. <laughs> Davis has been ranked all year basically as if well, yeah, but we'll get to camp and eventually the Falcons will add somebody else. If we get to week one and Kadri Allison, the guy who couldn't beat out Edo Smith or Brian Hill, is the the number two, like solidified, I, I think Davis has to be ranked a little higher than he is right now. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I just, you know, it's hard for me, and I'm sure probably for a lot of people, to get the Davis at the end of the season out of your head compared to what Davis did at the beginning of the season. Because at the beginning of the season, when Christian McCaffrey went down, Davis was fine. He was great. And then he slowly wore down. Maybe he's just not a featured back. Maybe he's not a guy that can handle the workload. We we'll, we'll have to see. I think he's very he's a very good number two running back. But like I've seen Jacobs, what he could like Jake. We, like we all look at Jacobs, and say he's he was bad last year. He struggled last year. I would take that knowing where I'm getting him. He doesn't say that. <laughs> well, I mean, but he was bad last year. I I think he was. Daryl Henderson is he at the front of this group now? Yes, he has been. Well, you have Gaskin ahead of him. Well, I mean, I my expectations for Gaskin were he was going to be better, but Henderson is, is certainly okay. But you just have an update of the you're saying that Gaskin. I have an update my rankings. Yeah, no. That Henderson will be ahead of Gaskin. Yes, if they stop, uh, uh, if they give me a moment to to stop doing a show, I will do a. Uh, <laughs> I'll update my rankings. <laughs> okay, uh, more news and notes. DeAndre Swift hoping to practice Tuesday, which is today. We're recording this on Monday. You're listening on Tuesday. If you're not listening on Tuesday, come on, get with it now. And they did say on Swift, and they said this about a lot of players that if that had been a regular season game, he would have played last week. Excellent. <clears throat> Melvin Gordon has a hopefully they say minor groin injury. Hopefully not too bad. Sammy, poor Lamar Jackson. Sammy Watkins left practice with an injury on Monday. And Jamie, you uh, made a change in your quarterback rankings. I did? Yeah, didn't you say you put Josh Allen ahead of Lamar Jackson? Oh, that was that, that was since the quarterback preview. I just wanted to make it clear that when I brought it up, because I haven't said anything about that yet, but that's been for a while. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. So, Heath. Jamie yeah. did not make a change in his quarterback rankings. I didn't make I, it over the weekend. I mean, I made it like, you know, 10 days ago probably. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've still got Lamar at QB2. Um, but it's not been a very good start to uh, the training camp preseason season for the Ravens. I, I will say in just regard to that, I mentioned this on, on HQ, I can rank Hawkinson over Mark Andrews now. You can't. I can't. I, Andrews I just, ahead. With all the Ravens receivers falling apart. Um <clears throat> It was always close to me to begin with, you know, and and I think, you know, I, I've said this time and time again. Anytime I say I like Hawkinson, it doesn't mean I don't like Andrews. Anytime he says he likes Andrews, doesn't mean he doesn't like Hawkinson. I've always liked Mark Andrews, and they were always very close in the top 200. And so it's just the same thing like the quarterbacks. Whenever there's something that's going to downgrade or potentially upgrade one of them, you make a change. And I think Andrews gets a bump because of the injuries around him. I think he's the better player because I've seen him do it. 
I just thought Hawkinson was going to be in a better spot. And now he's hurt, and, and the other guys in Baltimore hurt. So I would take Andrews over Hawkinson. But he's, I still take both over Pitts. Okay, Devontae Smith returned to practice. Latavius Murray could be battling Devontae Freeman for a roster spot, according to The Athletic. So, Heath, what, so does that, what does that mean for Alvin Kamara? Uh, if you know, and Murray did not have a good preseason debut, that's for sure. But what does this mean for Alvin Kamara? Could we see usage that we've really never seen before from him? One billion touches. Oh, what happened? He, you know. definitely have a take on this. You gave it to us, um, off air during HQ, and then I talked about the situation. I don't necessarily like you think that Alvin Kamara is going to see a career high in rush attempts this year. So I don't know who you're talking to because your mic was muted for the I'm talking to you, Adam. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, you heard that mic check when yeah. I, when I said that on HQ, yeah, <laughs> I was just goofing around before the show started. Yes. I do think, I do think he's going to have a career high in rush attempts. He hasn't gotten a 200 to 17 game season. So I think I'm thinking about 220 to 230, which is something like 13, 13 to 13 and a half carries per game. Yeah. He's been between 12.2 and 12.9 each of the three years, last three years. I'm not sure, like if they decide Devontae Freeman's better than Latavius Murray now, I'm not so sure they wouldn't just give those touches to Latavius Murray or maybe those touches, those carries just go to Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara gets to keep his same number of rush attempts. Um, I think it's the I wouldn't, kid, though, that they like. Yeah, it could be him too. I, I wouldn't predict a significant increase just because we're so far into his career and that's his use, that's how he's been used and he hasn't exactly been, like he's not had a major injury but he hasn't exactly been injury-free at that workload. If they go are going to do this, I think money is probably involved. I think they would have a, a, a slight cap hit. Um, but if they like Tony Jones, and apparently you know, people covering the team like Tony Jones, he had the strong preseason game, seven carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown against Baltimore. It was against backups, obviously. But that be that would be I would be more interested in him than I would be Devontae Freeman. Yeah, I would say for Kamara, kind of an interesting thing here. First five games of the 2019 season, he had, come on, pro football reference, uh, he had 15 carries per game. And then in the next game, he got hurt. And when he came back, he had a game with four carries, so that kind of influences the end-of-season numbers. But after that, he had a, a right around 12 carries per game. So it's possible that they, it was 12.2. It's possible that they got a little scared off Based on the injury, I don't know. It's obviously just speculation, but you see a well, guy. You who know had, what happened the year before? He was hurt and he didn't look good. Right, came but that. Well, that was the same year, right? Twenty nineteen. I was talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. There you're talking twenty twenty. No, twenty nineteen. So he had thir- yeah. he had fifteen carries per game to start the year. Then he got hurt, and then he was at twelve carries per game, basically rest of season. I will say a point in your favor. In his last three games last year, he averaged like twenty one carries a game. Well, I think if it was a playoff game, you know. If they weren't worried about the long haul, they would turn him loose. And you see that sometimes, right? Look at the playoffs. Or look at his week week 16 was his sixth touchdown game. He had 22 carries. Playoffs, he had 23 carries and then 18 carries. So it's kind of like what we saw with Aaron Jones in the playoffs a couple of years ago. And uh, these these are their best guys, and then they turn him loose. But I don't know if they will do that for the long haul. But, um, but man, the team is crumbling around Kamara. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. It's like he's obviously their best weapon. I mean, you say crumbling. He's They're going to have a backup running back. Yeah, but they're not going to have a very good one, it seems. You don't know that. Okay, it's I have to make that assumption right now based on 
drafting. But if they if they feel that Latavius Murray has lost a step or whatever the case may be, and they like a younger guy in Jones or they like a proven guy in Freeman who may or may not have you know something left to offer. I wouldn't necessarily put that as things crumbling okay, around. I, I'm tomorrow. not just talking about that. They have a quarterback competition right now. Oh, the they they turn the yes, ball over six totally, times but, in their but, preseason game. They're, Michael totally Thomas right, is out. Totally Draquan right. Smith is out. But, crumbling. But again, see, I, I, I wouldn't put this in that category. What? The running back situation? I didn't mean just the running back situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Okay. <clears throat> uh, all right. And then that's it. Hey. You want to hear me and Jamie bicker at each other? I don't know if Jamie's on, actually, this, but probably. Oh, yes, of course he is. Tuesday night. Come join us. That's tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, for a live mock draft. Uh, YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. So join us there. Watch our mock draft. Ask us questions. We'll be live at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you go there now, YouTube.com slash fantasy football today, you can hit the subscribe button and you'll be notified when we are live. But just in case you don't do that, just be there at 7 o'clock. We have a lot of fun every Tuesday night. We'll see you then. All right, it is time for Raising the Bar, presented by Sonos. We are looking at players who have the potential to raise their game to the next level. And for this one, I'm going to ask you for one of your favorite sleepers. Jamie, you're up. I draft a lot of Daryl Williams, and it's, you know, the the lottery ticket appeal of if something happens to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, excuse me. Uh, but also, I think he's going to play in some semblance of not tandem, but he's going to get enough work that if you're stuck in a deeper league, 14-team league, 16-team league, that he might have some flex appeal. Uh, I don't know exactly what's going to happen between Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon because I, I don't think we'll know that until something maybe happens to CEH. But I saw last year that when he was out and Le'Veon Bell stunk, that was the guy that they turned to. You look at what this backfield looks like right now with CEH, Williams, and, and McKinnon, and I think McKinnon's going to be more of a specialist as opposed to Williams maybe being a feature guy if something happens to Edward Tillaire. So uh, he's he's a late-round target that I take in almost every league so far, and I will continue to do so. Daryl Williams. Okay, Heath, you're up. We are looking at players who have the potential to raise their game to the next level. Yeah, I'm just checking ADP to make sure that I'm inside of the sleeper range. It's ever-changing this time of year, and I was not. So I'm going to go ahead and go a little bit lower. Devin Singletary. I thought he looked spry in their first preseason game. Obviously, Zach Moss wasn't there um, because of a hamstring injury. He's supposed to be back this week, and I'm sure he'll get another crack at this job. I will admit that it does seem like the people there would like for Zach Moss to be their lead running back. He just hasn't shown yet the ability to do that. And there's been some reports about the things that Singletary has done this offseason to uh, raise his game. And it, it looked like it paid off in the first preseason game. He was quick. He had some bounce. And uh, scored a receiving touchdown. I still think he's the most likely to back to work in the passing game, even though it's not a lot of targets with Josh Allen on quarterback. He played three games last year without Zach Moss and delivered big time in two of them. He scored, I think I'm looking at a half PPR league right now, 16 points and 19 points in half PPR. And I think that would be 18 points and uh, about 20 points in full PPR. Uh, one game was a total dud. 11 carries for 25 yards, one catch at Tennessee. If I recall, that was like a Wednesday night game, and the Bills just didn't really play that well. But, uh, yeah, so he he did really well when Zach Moss wasn't there. Should Devin Singletary now be the first Bills running back drafted? I don't think he will be, but I've got it back that way again. I've, I had Singletary for a long time ahead of Moss, and uh, I think you can still pretty safely wait for Zach Moss to get drafted and then draft Devin Singletary. Um, 
but I, I'm get back on Singletary over Moss. I think it depends on when you're drafting. If you're drafting now, you're definitely taking Singletary over Moss because you just saw what the preseason game looked like. You saw that Moss was banged up. Um, I'm I'm still hopeful for Zach Moss, but I, I I see where Heath is going on this, and I, I can't argue very much at this point. All right, let's get some more sleepers out there. So, Jamie, uh, you <laughs> uh, you didn't tell me your sleeper. You wanted to surprise me, so go ahead, surprise me. Give me some sleepers. Give me uh, another guy, very similar to Daryl Williams, Xavier Jones. Um, you know, coming off the preseason game, I was encouraged by the way that they used him. I think he's going to be the number two running back to Daryl Henderson, and Henderson's had a hard time staying healthy. So, um, the the it's not a very hard formula to take these backup running backs with late round picks. You find good offenses, you find guys that may have a little bit of talent, and you draft them, and you just kind of wait it out if you can. I mean, there's going to be some cases where you probably drop a, a guy or two of this caliber, and then you end up regretting it when the injury happens, if in fact it does happen. But if you have enough roster space to carry a guy like Williams or carry a guy like Jones, um, they could pay big dividends down the road. So, uh, again, it's not it, – it, as, as we see more, as we know more, you know, they, they go from, you know, 14-round picks to 12-round picks to maybe 10th-round picks. But, you know, when you're looking for potential difference makers, lottery tickets, these are the type of guys that are going to be on the end of your bench. And hopefully at some point they can uh, help you out whenever circumstances arise. And the way they might be a little concerned about Daryl Henderson's workload and health, it's, it's reasonable that Jones could have somewhat of a role even when Henderson is healthy. I don't know what that role would be, but I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know how many of these players I can put on my bench and just kind of hope for an injury in the first couple of weeks before I inevitably have to drop them. And, and that's that's the gamble. You know, it's it's the gamble when you drafted Tony Pollard. I mean, and then what Zeke got hurt in the middle of the season. You know, most people didn't have Pollard on their team by that point. The ones who drafted him, um, you know, I, I uh, A.J. Dillon, you know, when he got the opportunity against Tennessee, when both Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones were out, you know, we just don't see those things. You can't foresee those things until they actually arise. Um, but, you know, it's it's the ability to manage your your fantasy team that way. You know, and if you have a belief in somebody. And, and look, these two guys, I think, are going to play a little bit. You know, it's not going to be like um, Alexander Madison, where you have to wait that out. And then, you know, he barely sees the field. I, I think these guys will see the field to some capacity based on the guys in front of them. So, you know, I, I obviously chose these guys specifically. But... Um, they're they're the, the type of players, again, that if I have a, a double-digit round pick and I don't love the the value of the receivers or the caliber of receivers on the board, I have my quarterback, tight end, you know, starters locked up. These are the type of players that I tend to gravitate toward. Okay. I don't know if you have any opinion on this, guys, but random preseason observation. I thought Darrington Evans looked pretty good for Tennessee. He looked kind of physical. I he had, got hurt again. He got hurt again? Yeah. Yeah. Pulled up lame. No, I didn't see that. I'm sorry. But my, my impression was that he showed that he's not just a third down back or anything like that, that he might actually be a true handcuff to Derrick Henry. But I, that's what again. I was looking for. And I, yeah, I, I thought the same thing. But yeah, he um, I don't I don't know. I haven't seen any updates. Maybe it's not serious. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's uh, it was discouraging when he left. All right, Heath, hit me with a sleeper. Uh, Team Geo. <laughs> Giovanni Bernard, this was almost my uh, my Sonos go-to-a-new-level guy, but he's had too many opportunities when Mixon has missed time that he's uh, performed like a top-20 running back, so I can't necessarily say that. But I do think in full PPR, he could perform like a top-20 running back. Tom Brady obviously loves to throw to his running backs, threw to them even last year when he probably maybe shouldn't have, as bad as the, the group was at catching the ball. Everything that we've heard from camp is that Gio is the third-down guy, that Brady loves him, that 
first team snaps with Brady. He was the only running back who played on third down. Um, I, I think it's pretty clear that he's going to be now. The James White role doesn't quite exist because they've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and another of my favorite sleepers, Antonio Brown. Um, but I do think that he's going to pretty clearly lead the backfield in third, third down snaps and in catches, and I think he might be a 50 or 60 catch guy. Who do you think is the best pass catching, true pass catching running back this year? Who's the guy? Who's the guy, the James White to Tariq Cohen? Is it White? Is it Geo? Jamal, what do you, you think? In terms of like who catches, like not McCaffrey or Kamara, like just, no, the, right, guy just that, the guy who's primary, primarily scoring, scoring fantasy points in a third down kind of I mean, role. Coming off the first preseason game when I thought it was going to be a little bit of a different situation, I'll go back to JD McKissick. I mean, the fact that they used him in all those third downs and he did so well last year, I don't know why you wouldn't put him in that category again this year. Because, man, these guys are going so late this year. I hate passing down running backs or pass catching running backs in fantasy football, but not this year. The value is amazing. Like Naeem Hines, J.D. McKissick are going 130th, 140th on Fantasy Pros. Then James White, Giovanni Bernard in the 160s. On CBS, I don't think it's much different than that. James White is 163. Giovanni Bernard is 179. McKissick is I mean, if you can wait it out, three Cohen's free. Yeah, so there's not a marquee guy this year. Uh, like Tariq Cohen was probably a seventh round pick. You know, James White has been in that range before. Nobody's drafting them this year. I, I don't know if they people consider Jamal Williams to be that, maybe. But uh, no. good value. No, I think he's the early downs back. I think he's the opposite. Jamal Williams? Oh, he, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he's not. He's no. Like, he can't be. They, DeAndre Swift will crush him in that role. I mean, hell, it might be Miles Gaskin. <laughs> might be David Johnson. It might be David Johnson, but anyway. I'm going to go with Team Geo. Fair enough. Okay, uh, let's get another one from Jamie. Go ahead. I'm probably stealing this one from Heath, but I'm going to say Sterling Shepard. Um, you know, just with everybody's hurt. <laughs> I mean, and, and he's got the rapport with Daniel Jones. We saw it last year. There's not a, you know, a huge ceiling, I think, for Shepard unless everybody is out and out for a significant period of time because Galladay's coming back. Tony will play at some point, but. I mean, you know Galladay's track record, and, and Tony's track record is not exactly getting off to a good start. So, you know, Shepard is another guy that you can get extremely late, uh, can, you know, better in PPR than non-PPR, playing for a contract situation. So there's motivation there. Uh, it was a fascinating stat. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, Adam, before maybe you saw it on the telecast, that he's the longest tenure giant right now. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> that was, uh, that must I, have been I was watching Darren... the game. I was actually in, in New York over the weekend watching the game with Jets fans um and and they were just like blown away by that like oh my god <laughs> the uh that, that was uh, that that stat must have come on the screen when darrington evans was getting hurt and i just wasn't paying attention to football maybe so he wasn't in the game at that point shepherd um <laughs> uh but yeah he's uh he's he's the one i think that daniel jones may end up leaning on more so than we expect and he's just an amazing value pick as, as late as you could possibly find oh yeah and he's played 16 games over the last two seasons with Daniel Jones that he didn't leave with an injury. And in those 16 games, he has 97 catches and only 949 yards, but 97 catches, 14.2 PPR fantasy points per game. That would have made him wide receiver 25 on a per game basis. That's Sterling Shepard. All right. We've got Xavier Jones, Sterling Shepard, Daryl Williams for Jamie. We got Devin Singletary. Giovanni Bernard and excuse me, who's a third sleeper, Heath? 
Let's go Antonio Brown. And this is where people will yell at me and say, the guy was the best receiver in football for half a decade. He can't be a sleeper. We'll stop letting him fall to round 10 then, or even round nine. Um, I, I don't know for sure how the targets are going to be distributed in this Bucks offense, but when all three were there, Brown was right there with Godwin and Mike Evans in terms of targets. Didn't have quite the same production, but he was awesome at the end of the year. He has obviously pretty great rapport with Tom Brady. He was living with him. This is the new Cooper Cup, Jared Goff thing. Um, and I, I think it's, I would much rather take Antonio Brown in round eight, nine, or 10 than take Godwin or Evans in round four or five. And I just want to have a, a separate conversation here. Do you feel more strongly about that? Top five Sylvester Stallone movies? <laughs> Heath, what's your top five Arnold list? You never got to uh, give that. Yeah, I don't know that I ever compiled it, but Terminator 1 and 2, uh, Commando, Kindergarten Cop, and uh, Predator. Yeah. Now, the one that people always forget is True Lies, Would you like? and Total Recall was a popular one as well. Would you like to... I, I did like... Total Recall. I didn't like True Lies very much. Oh, what? Okay. Well, now, which which Terminator are you putting first, one or two? I don't. I do not. It's a huge that. difference, dude. Like, it's, if it's honestly, a, this is the thing, though, and this is why I struggle with these conversations. You could show me scenes from Terminator One and Terminator Two, and I wouldn't probably be able to separate them. Then you're not allowed to make a list. <laughs> well, I didn't ask to. <laughs> well, you should have. You should have said no. I'm not allowed. All right, let's go to uh, Rotten Tomatoes and let's guess how many, how much higher on the Rotten Tomatoes meter is Terminator Two than Terminator One? Uh, they probably both are very good. I'm going to guess Terminator Two is like a 95 percent, and Terminator One is like an 84 percent. I'll go 91 and 86. I would be closer to that. I was probably going. I was going to say 92 and 88. Okay, I'll get back to you on that. My fantasy question for you, Heath, was... Uh, <clears throat> where's Terminator 2? Come on now. My, my question was, do you feel more strongly about the I'd rather wait and take Antonio Brown than Goblin or Evans with the Bucks or with Michael Gallup and the Cowboys? Which one do you feel is better value? Brown? Uh, the Bucks for sure. Brown, for sure. Okay. All right. I can't, I can't figure is out... Is he a better value or is he a better player? Because Gallup's probably better value. Well, I mean, it depends on which ADP we're using, I guess. Um, I don't know where Gallup is in CBS. Oh, okay. Well, he's one thirty-one, and Brown is one eighteen. Who the hell is going ahead of these people that they're going so low? One fourteen. I'm sorry. A lot of DSTs actually in that mix in going ahead of them. Okay. Uh, so. I'm going to tell you about more sleepers after I tell you about the Sonos Arc. I am a proud, proud owner of the Sonos Arc. The smart soundbar has made me enjoy watching TV and listening to music just so much more than I ever had. And it's, it's seriously as awesome as I'm telling you, okay? I know this is an ad, obviously, but I, everything I say is completely genuine. I really, really love my Sonos Arc. Arc was designed from the inside out for incredibly clear sound and rich bass, then fine-tuned by Oscar and Grammy-winning producers, mixers, and artists. True Play Turning Software further enhances your listening experience by optimizing arc sound for the unique acoustics of the room. Now, from a sports perspective, I'm watching a lot of baseball. The crack of the bat is so different with the arc. I listen to music all the time. I listen with my kids. Um, 
We blast it. It sounds great. It, you know, sometimes you blast music, you get like a crackle. That never happens. It's just a great listening experience, and I can't wait to watch football this fall. And it's great for music, as I mentioned. The app, the Sonos app, has radio stations. There's some great kids stations. There's rock. There's country. There's 80s. There's this and that. You get the picture. So step it up. Get the Sonos Arc. Enjoy your TV and your music as much as I do. And to learn more, go to Sonos.com. S-O-N-O-S. Okay, let's see what we got here. Terminator 2. Whoa. Whoa. We got an upset brewing, folks. <coughs> Terminator 2, 93%. Terminator 1, 100%. 100. I need to see the audience score. Because I think this is the critic score. Hmm. Good old Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, audience score for Terminator 1, 89%. 94%. Oh, that's really like we were good. 94% for Terminator 2. Okay. Heath, thank you for your list. Uh, who's up next? Jamie, you're up next. Um, I'm going to go with uh, a pair of old quarterbacks in Ben Roethlisberger and Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're not drafting them in one quarterback leagues because if you're taking a second quarterback, you should be taking the upside play of Justin Fields or Trey Lance or one of those guys or, you know, if Trevor Lawrence is, is still a number two quarterback. But in super flex and two quarterback leagues, you should put these guys on your draft list because they're going to put up plenty of production as long as they stay healthy. Uh, said this many, many times. Oh, my gosh, I have to have one of Deontay Johnson, Juju, or, or Chase Claypool, or you end up drafting them just by, by the way it falls. Uh, but they're three receivers that are typically in the top 30 overall rank list. Uh, Najee Harris is going to be a star, but he's going to work in the passing game. It doesn't work unless Roethlisberger is good. Now, you can say, okay, maybe... Dwayne Haston comes in or, or ugh, Mason Rudolph comes in. Um, but Roethlisberger was the 13th quarterback in fantasy last year in total points. And that was with a bad elbow and just a, a miserable situation uh, for a team that was 11-0 and finished 12-4. Uh, but I think he's going to end up playing better than he showed us last year. And I think this offense is going to be better. And I think Roethlisberger is going to be better. Fitzpatrick, as we know, every time he gets a chance to play, at least uh, the latter part of his career with the Dolphins, He's been better more times than not. He has, you know, the ability to be, I think, a top 12 quarterback, given the weapons around him, the system that he plays in. Great offensive line. So, uh, again, both guys are somewhat afterthoughts. Fitzpatrick more so than Roethlisberger. But two guys I think that could be difference makers. And in one quarterback, leagues could be streaming options for you by the end of the season. And who do you like better? I like Ben better. Okay. Just looking at this stretch of starts for Ryan Fitzpatrick with the Dolphins from when he took over in 2019 to 2020. That was 17 games, 4,357 yards, 26 touchdowns. He also added 338 rushing yards. I'm sorry. No, I'm wrong. This is his 16-game pace. Okay, here was what he did in 17 games. It's even better. 4,629 yards, 28 touchdowns. 359 rushing yards in 17 games and six touchdowns rushing as well. And he scored 20 or more fantasy points in 11 of his last 13 starts. Uh, I don't know, something like that. It, he was very good. He had a very high floor. All right, Heath, I think we can do just just one more. Unless you're... I just want to circle back before Heath, uh, just because we mentioned Devin Singletary. Uh, on Monday, Zach Moss returned to practice and apparently, according to the Athletic, had a very good showing. So, oh, put him ahead of Singletary. <laughs> it's it's going to be one of those things, I think, that fluctuates back and forth with these guys. But apparently he did get back into the in, into the mix and and had a good showing today. Yeah, and actually, this is random, but we mentioned Dwayne Haskins. 
Heath as a as a dynasty guy, do a lot of dynasty content. Dwayne Haskins is he maybe a little dynasty sleeper right now? A, a deep dynasty sleeper, yeah. It would have to be a, a two quarterback or super flex league, but uh, he, he should be stashed in those formats. I mean, I feel like everybody's pretty much a deep dynasty sleeper, right? Like, you know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Not this, that was a, that was a criticism of me. Suggesting like if Latavius Murray gets cut by the Saints, I'm not sure that he's a deep dynasty sleeper anymore. Right. If you get cut for Devontae Freeman, I think that crosses you off the list. <laughs> Although uh, Devontae Freeman was not a deep dynasty sleeper, and now he might be. There you go. The the thing with with Haskin is, um, a is he the Steelers heir apparent? Because I don't think he's got a long term deal with them. And B is Ben done for sure after this year because they've left the door open. I think if he plays well, to maybe bring him back. I think that is enough on Dwayne Haskins. Heath, final keeper or sleeper. Yeah, uh, I'll go with Justin Fields. Uh, and it's not just because of the great preseason game. but And and I do think like what Jamie said is right. I'm a lot more excited about Fields in a one-quarterback league than I am a two-quarterback league because I don't know when he's going to get to play. But you just, man, with the hype he already got after one preseason game and the fact that we pretty much know Andy Dalton's going to get destroyed week one by the Rams. It seems like everything's lining up for Fields to start week two and it just be his job. And I still don't really know why he wasn't more popular. Like, I don't know why he fell all the way to the Bears. He was an extremely accurate passer who's also very, very fast and just runs people over. He's a complete stud. Why did Mahomes fall to the Chiefs? Why did Watson fall to the Texans? I mean, teams make mistakes for whatever reason, you know. I know, again, the same group of Jets fans that I was with this weekend prior to the draft, they were saying, let the Jaguars take Lawrence. We want Fields. You know, and and they got Zach Wilson. It may end up be better than, than both those guys. But um, I, I'll tell you, I struggle with this, Heath. I, I know you're Fields over Lance. I don't know where you come out on this, Adam. Uh, I think both have the chance to be really good. And, you know, you saw some of the highs, obviously. You know, the 80-yard the pass, 80-yard touchdown pass to Sherfield uh, for Lance. Um and, and obviously, field the five for thirty three is 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 really what's more attractive to me than than the touchdown throw, but the fact that he ran to that level, uh, I still have Lance ranked one spot ahead of Field. I think I have the rookie quarterbacks 14, 15, 16, which I hate when I see see that, but that's the way I have it. You know, just based on I think they're upside. Who's for, Who's first? Lawrence. Lawrence is first. Um, so the thing that is is a little concerning for me is what will Fields look like if Allen Robinson goes down. Because then he has really nothing that's going to elevate him. Whereas Lance, this is, you know, I, I, I guess maybe I'm talking myself into keeping Lance ahead of Fields. Lance, if he loses one of his guys, there's still two other pretty decent options there. Now you could say Debo Samuel, Darnell Mooney, you know, which one's better than the next in terms of an NFL player. I think Ayuk is better than both. I think Kittle is obviously better than everybody. Um, I feel like Lance just has a little bit more around him than necessarily Fields does. Yeah, Lance does. I I think the thing for me, and you mentioned it earlier, like it's been like one game in five hundred days. No, that 20, Trey Lance has twenty played. attempts in uh, five hundred and eighty nine days is what I heard. I think. And Justin Fields had two consecutive years at Ohio State as a high level passer, yep. and rushing for five to ten touchdowns and four to five hundred yards. Like I. I am just so I feel so much more comfortable that Justin Fields is going to be good. I maybe I don't know for sure that I agree that Trey Lance has a better like a, a higher upside. I think they both have extremely high upsides, top five for both. 
the, the, the only thing that really separates them is I've got so much more of a sample size of Justin Fields being very, very good. Yeah, I think if Fields was in San Francisco, it's almost like a no-brainer. Yeah. <clears throat> right. It, I think you have to say, well, I'll ask you, who's more likely to start earlier? Who's, who's, who's likely to get on the field first? I would say Fields. Um, I would say Fields. The only thing that I think is, you know, and I don't know how the coaches are going to evaluate the first preseason game, is they allowed Lance to play with the starters in the game against the Chiefs, whereas Fields was pretty clear with the backups. Dude, Fields was was really bad early. Uh, this it must be said. All of these rookie quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence fumbled on his first snap. And took two bad sacks, too. Yeah, yeah. he stayed in the pocket. He didn't run. He can run, but he didn't. He stayed in the pocket too long. He took a couple of sacks. He fumbled on one. Uh, Justin Fields should have thrown an interception. And then on the, I don't know if it's the next play, but not long after that, he fumbled. The ball went out of bounds, I think. So he really Lance had an interception. He was yeah. five of fourteen. Yep. Yeah. Now he, I think he should have been seven of fourteen. There were two pretty bad drops by the Niners. That's yeah. still not very good. There were three drops. One of them was interception. Yeah. <laughs> well, that wouldn't help. Completion <laughs> percentage. Um, and really, well, who's been a who has been okay? Kyler Murray started sixteen games as a rookie. He won the Heisman Trophy, right? I think right. He was yep. he was the number one pick. He obviously is a hell of a rusher. He was fine as a rookie. Joe Burrow was fine. I'm talking. I'm talking about for fantasy. Fine as a rookie. Jalen Hurts. When you look at his 16 game pace, it's mind blowing. But when you look at actually what happened, he had one great game, and that was it. Basically, he had one okay game. Uh, Justin Herbert was awesome. But Herbert really has been the exception. So I understand the appeal and the rushing totals, but even the guys who can run the ball, like like Jalen Hurts, really wasn't that good, and Kyler Murray really wasn't a difference maker as a quarterback. I, do, I just are we hyping them up too much? Are we getting too uh, excited? I, I definitely, I think so. You know, I, I'll go back to what I said. You know, I don't think you should be drafting these guys as starters in one quarterback leagues. I think you're drafting them as backups. You know, and it, it doesn't really matter. I think which quarterback you take. Like Adam, you're you're inclined to take two quarterbacks in almost every draft that we've done, um, no matter who you take. Uh, I didn't get a chance to comment on Chris's team and our mock draft review on Monday. Like I hated his quarterback duo of Cam Newton and Justin Fields. Like I don't want to draft two uncertainties at that position. I'd rather have at least some semblance of, you know, and Chris said he'll pivot to Baker Mayfield. You can make a case of that better or worse. He made a good um, point about Baker's schedule. The first two games are the Chiefs and the Texans. So that was uh, interesting. Very, very true. But it's like you're asking him, <laughs> one, to be in maybe a shootout against the Chiefs. He's handing off against the Texans and not doing very much in that that's, game. I don't want to trust Baker that's in that That's a good match. point. Um, yeah. But in any event, mm-hmm. Chris's theory is right. There are a lot of quarterbacks out there, so maybe take guys that you think have the most upside. If you're going to be, you know, like his last two picks were were Cam and and Fields. Like to me, that's gross. If those are the two, like I want to pair Fields with somebody else to see what happens because he's not most likely starting week one unless something changes. And then you never know. Like we're sitting here saying, and and I agree with Heath. Andy Dalton's probably going to get murdered against the Ra- the Rams, but what if he doesn't? And they scheme it up, and he has a good game, comes out and plays well, and now he's starting week two, and then they get a win, and they start in week three, and it continues to snowball. You know, we just don't know. Um, so. I think if you're approaching it with these guys, you want to have the ability to maybe make the change like you probably did with her. Like for me last year, I drafted Lamar Jackson and I picked up Justin Herbert in uh, one of our leagues. It might have been the – no, it wasn't the fantasy football tally, but it was another league that we yeah. – our magazine league. I ended up winning that league. Um, where I drafted Jackson. He struggled. 
and I was able able to pivot certain weeks to Justin Herbert and then go back to Jackson. Like that's the scenario I want to have with these rookie quarterbacks. I want to have right. a, a good starter and the ability to go to somebody that if I need to, or if you're in leagues that have very heavy trades, that's the kind of trade you want to make. Yeah. And and I just want to go back to like the last few years rookie quarterbacks. I think Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and Lamar Jackson were all starting quarterbacks on a per game basis. They just well, Lamar didn't as a rookie was just a six game sample size. I think. Yeah, he was okay. I think it was eight. Six to eight. So, uh, six. Six to eight. Yeah, but but he was playing. Remember, he wasn't starting. Yeah, yeah, right. But, uh, right. Now forget about that when he when he first started. I understand, but but they didn't blow the doors off of it. You know, like the. They wouldn't have been worth keeping on your roster that that whole time, and and that was the thing about Lamar Jackson. Like, even though he was rushing, he was on pace for like thirteen hundred rushing yards or something like that when he started as a rookie. And even with that, he was not a must start guy. But I totally agree. I actually don't disagree with anything that you've said. I I think that Lance and Fields are tremendous guys to put on your bench because I, of course, they could be better than the than the players we just mentioned, but. Uh, even the mo- really mobile rookie quarterbacks have struggled as passers as rookies in recent seasons. So I guess I just wanted to throw that out there. And you're right, Jamie. I mean, that's like kind of what Chris did. Is I think Justin Fields is a little bit too much of a part of his strategy. You've got to have quarterback, I think, figured out a little bit better if you're going to put Fields or Lance on your team because they just it's just no there are no certainties with them. So, well, it's just pairing him with somebody like Cam. You know that that's right. the the problem for me. Right. Okay. Uh, let's read a couple of emails here before we sign up. Oh, Heath, you have to go. I have to go in two minutes. All right. All right. Heath can go. Jamie and I will finish up with, uh, with a few emails. <clears throat> this is from Dustin from the best college in Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> I, maybe could be Iowa, Iowa State. State. I don't know. He didn't tell us. Dear Moss, Moss, Carter, Diggs and Harvin. Uh, Vikings. Yeah, receivers? I thought that the clue, that the greeting would give us a clue to the college, but not at all. Um, I have a, a Viking story to tell you when we're done with this question. Okay. My league has decided to take out the tight end position and add a second flex position. Should I invest more in running back or wide receiver? What's the format? <clears throat> it is an unknown format from an unknown college. In non-PPR, I would lean toward running back. Half... Best player available of those positions, PPR receiver. Would you like to tell your story now? So uh, you were on the show uh, on Monday's Fantasy Football Today, and we had Bryant McFadden and Pete Prisco on CBS Sports HQ live from Vikings camp. I highly encourage you to go check out the interview because they were fantastic. And I thought BMAC was hysterical with his uh, receiver comparison of Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. When he said that Jefferson is the sports car and Thielen is the family car, he's going to get you from place to place, um, but doesn't have a lot of excitement, whereas Justin Jefferson is going to be all the excitement. And then Pete, I thought, nailed the story home when he was like, you just called Adam Thielen the Griswold family. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I actually couldn't hear it. I didn't hear what they said. So this is the first time I've I heard that line. That's great. Oh, it was so funny. And then I said, <laughs> "What's the what, what vehicle is Irv Smith? And they didn't take the bait. What vehicle is Herb Smith? Yeah, I was gonna say when they didn't answer, I was like, "He's he, is he like an RV? Is he like a tank? You know?" It's- yeah, he's what he's what cousin Eddie shows up in. No, it's a good call. Yeah, um, yeah, we had a good discussion about the Vikings. You can see all of that on on the CBS Sports app, and you can even watch them on demand. Well, I didn't have the discussion about the Vikings, but Jamie did with B. Well, you had the you had the follow up when we discussed their fantasy value. 
Oh, right. Well, yeah. I mean, well, well yeah, I Mike. thought I thought what Pete said was great. He said that Justin Jefferson, what did he say? I don't, I don't, put, I don't want to put words in his mouth. He said he could be the best receiver in football, and he said uh, he wouldn't be surprised if he's 100. I think the numbers he gave exactly were 112 catches, 1,400-plus yards, and double-digit touchdowns. If he gets 112 catches, it's going to be more than 1,400 yards. Uh, it's, you know, especially – He had a tendency. The one thing I love about Pete is Pete will always throw out numbers. yeah. Yeah, and it's it's like it's not they don't really match up very much. But he also said um, Dalvin Cook could be a two thousand yard rusher this year. Vikings, hey man, he must not have been watching their preseason game. Uh, none of those guys played. Okay, so here's a question here from Mark. He said he has the ninth pick, which he considers to be the Daniel Jones of draft picks. <laughs> we just drew names uh, in our non PPR league, and I was picked last, so I was left with the ninth pick. Running backs historically go ridiculously early. I expect 10 or 11 of the first 12 picks to be running backs and close to 20 of the first 24. If these guys are taken at pick nine, McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, Kamara, Barkley, Kelsey, Zeke, and Chubb, what, oh, easy call here. What would you do at nine? He didn't say Henry, though, right? But I'm assuming he He did say Henry. Yeah. Oh. McCaffrey, um, Cook, Henry, Kamara, Barkley, Kelsey, Zeke, and Chubb. Aaron Jones would be the first player I'd look for. There you go. Uh, I would look at Jonathan Taylor still. Um, I would look at Devonta Adams. You know, those would be the three. By the way, if you're in a league where 20 running backs are going to go in the first 24 picks, and I think that's pretty realistic, fairly realistic in a non-PPR league, drafting ninth is not that bad. Because by the time you get back to the end of the first round, people might be taking... Daryl Henderson or Miles Gaskin or something like that. You know, you're gonna be able, you might be able to get Dobbins or Montgomery or something like that in round two. So you're saying the first eight picks are running backs, right? No, he had one tight end in there. Kelsey. No, I'm saying you're putting or he's putting Kelsey in there, but if it's twenty, I wouldn't take Kelsey. Yeah, huh? I would take I would take running backs maybe for the first ten to twelve picks. You would not take Kelsey. No, not in a non PPR league. Yeah. Yeah. You. Um, I would consider Kelsey at nine still. I don't have it that way, but I would, I would consider, I'd probably still take a running back, but it depends on who's there. All right. Let me tell you just for some context where Travis Kelsey has finished among running. No, among wide receivers. No, that's not what I want. I want where he's finished among running backs. All right. I'll tell you that in a minute. It is in my tight end Bible. I got it, Jamie. I just have to read it. To myself. So let me read the email here so I don't read all this, regurgitate this on, on the air. Jeff in South Jersey. <clears throat> Feels like a lot of analysts like Miko Hardman as a breakout this season, but I don't understand why. Jamie and Heath have him ahead of more obvious breakouts, and I haven't checked these rankings to see if it's true, like Darnell Mooney, Henry Ruggs, and even Michael Pittman. Um, he's, he's never been the model of availability. Oh, oh, and he's saying that Watkins, Sammy Watkins was never the model of availability, so why are we giving Hardman points for Watkins leaving and yada, yada, yada. So Jeff is not buying Miko Hardman. Heath kind of backed off on Miko Hardman earlier on this show. Where do you stand on him? Yeah, same. You know, I, I was hoping he would come out and have a strong first preseason game. And again, you don't want to react just to the first preseason game. He does have the opportunity to be the second receiver uh, ahead of the group of Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle, but I'm going to guess there's probably a short leash. Uh, the, the thing that I like about Hardman is, you know, there's enough of a sample size and small six games, but it's the only six games that he's had six or more targets in his career. And he averages 14 plus PPR points in those six games. And that's what Watkins averaged per game during his time with the chiefs. 
So if those six targets go to him, that's not a guarantee, then I think he's going to have the chance to hit because just more opportunities for a guy as fast as he is and you know as talented as he may be, he still has to prove it. Uh, should he? The, the only thing that I would agree with that is uh, the email is he shouldn't be going ahead of some of those guys. Like I'd rather have Mooney over him. I don't know if I haven't ranked. I'll have to go back and check. Um, Pittman is obviously tied to the the Carson Wentz situation. Um, Rugs. I'm sorry. Rugs. Uh, I can't trust Henry Ruggs yet, but sure. If you want to buy into the upside, you know, I'd rather have the second receiver for, uh, the third, the third receiver for the chiefs than maybe the second receiver for the Raiders. Yeah. I really like Ruggs. I think he can be like Nelson Aguilar at worst last year. Aguilar was, that could be Brian Edwards. That could be John Brown though. It could, you're right. I'm with you. I, I would take the chance on Ruggs over those guys, but I'm just saying he could be like, you know, Aguilar's role can go to those other two guys. Here's where Travis Kelsey has finished per game in non-PPR over the last three seasons among running backs. In 2018, he would have been per game RB10. Uh, I'm sorry, RB11. In 20... Ah, damn it, I'm sorry. I'm looking... Okay, here, uh, RB16. That's what it was. There we go. Non-PPR per game finish last three seasons. 16th, 28th, and 10th. So that's why even in his among running backs or overall players among running backs in non PPR. Yeah. So he is not a first round pick in non PPR to me. His best season was last year. And I'll just double check to make sure I'm reading it right. Cause I have a lot, a lot of notes there, but even in, in his best season per game, 13.8 points per game. Let me make sure that's only 10th best among running backs. It's really not that good. Uh, Yeah. 10th best. It better, a little bit better than uh, Josh Jacobs, a little bit worse than David Montgomery. So that's the best that we've seen of Travis Kelsey. If it's like 2018, which was a great year, he was RB16 that year. He should not be a first-round pick in a non-PPR league, in my opinion. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and watching Fantasy Football today. We'll come back tomorrow with our favorite breakouts, and we'll try to define breakout. Remember, sleepers win you weeks. Breakouts win you leagues. We'll talk about, about that tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. 